Take your Bible and turn to Psalm chapter 71. Psalm 71. If you'll go about halfway in your Bible, you'll open close to Psalms or Proverbs. Boy, what a perfect song that is to go with this message in this passage. Psalm 71. God, you have done great things. And the title of the message this morning is Next. And I really believe it's going to hit home for some of you. Whether you're a child, a youth, a graduate, a single, young married, been married a while, several kids, no kids, maybe a senior adult, and you're wondering what's next. I want you to bow your heads. Father, in the next few minutes, I pray that your Holy Spirit would speak one more time to us through your word. Thank you for the testimony of these kids. Thank you, Lord, that they had fun. And in the midst of the fun, uh, the Holy Spirit moved through the preaching and teaching and the worship uh, that took place. So we praise you for that. We thank you for the students that responded. And we're grateful this morning that you're here. So, Lord, have your way in this uh, few minutes we have together. We'll never get it back. Have your way this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Psalm chapter 71, I'm going to do something uh, a little different to begin this morning. I'm going to read about 18 verses, so I want you to hang in there. It'll be on the big screen, and uh, I I think it'll help us set the tone. We're going to be in a series for the next four Sundays called Summer Psalms. Now, when I say summer psalms, immediately in some of your minds, you thought of summer breeze. How many have ever heard that song, Summer Breeze? Raise your hand, raise your hands. Terry Essex never heard that song, Summer Breeze? If you raise your hand, you're old. Because that's like an early 70s song, I believe. Uh, you, You remember Seals and Croft, it was one of the top songs of the day. But I'm not talking about summer breeze. We're praying for the Lord to blow a fresh wind. But what I am talking about are the next four weeks we're going to be in Psalms. I'm going to be preaching three of them. Cody will be preaching one. And we're going to look at some really obscure Psalms, I believe. And this is one of them. We don't know who the writer is. We don't know who the author is of Psalm 71. But he sure does uh, pick a target And I believe the target is sitting in the pew this morning because it represents all of us. So Psalm chapter 71, beginning with verse 1, if you're with me, say amen. In you, O Lord, I put my trust. Let me never be put to shame. Deliver me in your righteousness. I want you to circle in verse 2, your righteousness. And cause me to escape. Incline your ear to me and save me. Be my strong refuge, to which I may resort continually. And you have given the commandment to save me, for you are my rock and my fortress. Circle rock and fortress. Deliver me, O my God, out of the hand of the wicked, out of the hand of the unrighteous and cruel man. For you are my hope. Circle my hope. You are my hope, O Lord God. You are my trust from my youth. By you I have been upheld from my birth. 
You are he who took me out of my mother's womb. My praise shall continually be of you. I have become a wonder to many, but you are my strong refuge. Circle strong refuge. Let my mouth be filled with your praise and with your glory all the day. Do not cast me off in the time of old age. Circle old age. Do not forsake me when my strength fails. For my enemies speak against me, and those who lie in wait for my life take counsel together, saying, God has forsaken him. Pursue and take him, for there is none to deliver him. O God, do not be far from me. O my God, make haste to help me. Let them be confounded and consumed who are adversaries of my life. Let them be covered with reproach and dishonor who seek my hurt. But I will hope continually and will praise you yet more and more. My mouth shall tell of your righteousness and your salvation all the day. For I do not know their limits. I will go in the strength of the Lord, amen? I will make mention of your righteousness, of yours only. O God, you have taught me from my youth, and to this day I declare your wondrous works. Now also, when I am old and gray-headed, O God, do not forsake me. Until I declare your strength to this generation, your power to everyone who is to come. Now, I love how 17 and 18 remind us of the purpose that God has for us. And in verse 18, the Bible says, Oh God, do not forsake me, even when I am old and gray-headed, until... I declare your strength to this generation. To this generation. Your power to everyone who is to come. Now, to tell you the truth, after watching that video from the youth, I'm not sure I should duck from a Nerf dart or if somebody's gonna launch me off the stage when I'm, when I'm supposed to be finished. But one thing that is broken down at camps is generation gaps. The young people pull you right in, and I believe the young people also learn from those who lead them. So this morning, when you think about the summer psalm, Psalm 71, I want us to think about next in your life. So I'm speaking to everyone right now, okay? What's the next chapter in your life? What's the next thing in your life? You know, there's a Southern Gospel thing, Debbie, or a song by the Kingdom Heirs, and it's called, the song's entitled, The Next Big Thing. And in the song, they're talking about the return of Jesus. Well, what's the next big thing in your life? Uh, for, for some of us, you say, well, Brother Greg, uh, like you, I'm older. I'm on the back nine. Uh, I guess the next big thing for me is when God calls me home. Well, well what, what about until then? What about until then? And, and here's what I want every senior adult in this room this morning to hear. I don't, and neither do I want you to live the rest of your life in fear about the unknown, about the unknown. Because I'm telling you folks, the only one who knows what's in front of us is the one we worship today. Uh, and, and I love the fact that he's, he's got hope for us 
in whatever season we're in. Maybe some of these kids are uh, scared about going to school or maybe parents about releasing them to school or releasing them into the next school. Uh, you know, you go from the elementary big shot to the junior high little man on campus and then the same thing takes place in the high school years and then the same thing takes place if you go to a college or a workforce. You, you start from the bottom once again. This morning, I believe the Word of God in this obscure Psalm 71 gives us some things to help us to be reminded that God is concerned about all the stages of life. Now, in this passage, he talks about, uh, in essence, it's from the womb to the tomb, that God has a plan for us, that he wants to use us for his glory. So what's the psalmist doing? He's taking a moment to thank God for being faithful. He's taking a moment to thank God for being faithful way back in the day. And he's thanking God for providing now. And he even says, when I'm old and gray-headed, please do not forsake me, but be with me. So, Brother Greg, what are you saying? God's got a plan for us in whatever season we're in. Now, uh, in sports right now, this to me, it's kind of a down time. No football being played. Uh, I, I watched the Reds on national TV yesterday, and the national TV announcer said the Reds are looking at a triple-digit loss season. You only play 162 games. They're saying the Reds could lose 100 games. A little down right now. But, boy, I'm telling you, in a few weeks, the leaves will start to look a little different. The birds will sound a little different. And all of a sudden, the crops will start looking a little different. Are you with me? And you'll hear a whistle on a Friday night. And everybody want to go to the ball game. You get a good night's rest, and next day the Buckeyes will play. Man, I love this time of year. I love what's next when it comes to physical season. But to tell you the truth, I don't think I always love what's next when I don't know what's coming. And because of that, we need to claim 2 Timothy, God's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of sound mind. Now, there's a thread in chapter 71, okay? If you look at verses 5 and 6, for you are my hope, O Lord, you are my trust from my youth, 6, by you I have been upheld from birth. You are he who took me out of my mother's womb. Jump down to verse nine. Do not cast me off in the time of old age. Do not forsake me when my strength fails. Is anyone here today, is your strength strength fading a little bit? Man, when we move furniture now in our family, I'm not the guy. I'm making a call for some young blood. I'm calling Daryl Cottle. I'm calling, I'm calling some, some guys with some strength. Because why? The natural digression of the physical body is, is we lose a little bit of it. Anybody want to say amen? Now, I'm telling you, at first service this morning, they, they were all over it. They said, this is a message that needs to be preached today at 1045. Do it. Let them have it, Brother Greg. Give it to them. Give it to them. No, listen, we're all changing, and we all have a next So the thread in Psalm 71 is life, birth, youth, 
old age. And I want to remind you this morning that old age is only determined by how you want to define it. I mean, if somebody, one thing I grew up, I never did, and I pray I, I won't. I thank the Lord I still have my dad who will be 85, Lord willing, in September. I've never referred to my dad as an old man. My old man. And I know that if you've done that, you didn't mean anything by it, but I always thought, my goodness, I to my dad as an old man. He could whip me anytime he wanted to. I, I want to live a life, listen, and recognize that whatever's next for me doesn't have to be the last chapter. It has, doesn't have to be the book closing, and I don't have to be afraid of it. You know, I've told you this before, church. I'm not afraid to die. I think my fear is how I'm going to die. You know, and... Uh, and Renee continually says, you might want to keep that in mind. Okay? Uh, as a matter of fact, she told me after the first service that she didn't like my tone. Did anybody hear that this week at home? Did, you, did anybody drop the tone on each other after last Sunday's sermon? So the tone of this passage is, God will be with you whatever season you're in. Maybe you're here today and you're divorced. You thought, you thought you'd be married forever, and you find yourself in a season unlike anything you, you would have mapped out. Well, I got good news for you. The same God who is with us at birth, the same God who is with us in life, the same God who is with us in old age, he's the same God that can help us right now, help you in whatever, whatever situation you find yourself. God, loves, God doesn't love anybody any less. The nature of God's love doesn't change. It doesn't change. We do. So there's no one in this room that God loves more than anybody else. And there's no one in this room that he loves less than anybody else. The ground at the cross is level, amen? He died to pay for my old wretched life and he died to pay for your old wretched life. And the good news is it's a gift. You can't earn it. You can't work your way to get it. You come to Christ by faith and trust him as your Lord and Savior. And the Bible says you can be forgiven and saved. I love that. I love that. You know, Psalm 71, uh, it sounds a little bit like another psalm. I want you to mark your Bible here, and I want you to go back to Psalm 31. Psalm 31. Listen how Psalm 31 starts. Verse 1. In you, O Lord, I put my trust. Let me never be ashamed. Deliver me in your righteousness. Bow down your ear to me. Deliver me speedily. Be my rock of refuge, a fortress of defense to save me, for you are my rock and my fortress. Therefore, for your name's sake, lead me and guide me. Does that sound a little bit like Psalm 71? It was not uncommon for the Psalms to be repeated. And here's what they would do. They would fill their home with the songs of God. And they would fill their homes with these Psalms that would be sung over and over and over. Uh, think about uh, some of your favorite songs in, in life. For me, uh, it would, you know, if you said, secular, Brother Greg, what do you like? I, I'd go back to the 70s. And, and I'd play some things, and I'll think, boy, that was a great song. Always and forever. You know, that was a song Renee and I went to a dance to, and what a, what a great song. Well, you know what? I very seldom think of always and forever. But I've been a Christian for 46 years, and I think of the old rugged cross and amazing grace quite often. Why? Because of what the song means 
what, now don't go home and say, Brother Greg said your dance didn't mean anything to him. I don't mean that. What I am saying is, the world will come and go. But the truth of God's word will remain forever. So they were filling their houses with these songs. You want to shake up your family this week? When everyone's getting up and starting to unroll out of bed, just start busting into a worship song. Oh, I'd, I'd love to do that to Renee. It will be worth it all when we see Jesus. Life's trials will seem so small. And then you hit the big place. When we see Christ. And she's like, give me a break. There is something to sing in the song. Listen to me, young parents. And filling your home with songs of God. So for that to happen in our house, you've got to turn TV off every now and then. You've got to make room for it. And that's exactly what was happening. They were just repeating in 71 what another psalm had said already. The psalmist is recognizing his weakness and his need for strength. That's what the apostle Paul said. My grace is sufficient for you. He learns this from God, from Jesus. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, Paul says, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities. I would rather boast about my weaknesses that the power of God may rest upon me. So walk, walk this uh, little path with me this morning. Number one, if you have your insert in your bulletin. Psalm 71 is a picture of God being with us in every season of life. In every season of life. A hard one for us older folks, and you might even be younger, a younger parent, and your, and your kids have left, is the empty nest. Boy, that's a transition. Crazy household gets quiet, and then you sit there, you know, Archie and Edith Bunker are looking at each other like, what do we do now? Uh, what time's supper? And it's about 2.30. Anybody want to say amen? Hey, I'm really mocking myself because I told Renee yesterday, man, this has been the longest day of my life. You know, getting ready for church bed about 7.30 last night, wake up at 2, thinking it's time to come. I'm telling you, the empty nest is a transition. And maybe you're here today and you're saying, Brother Greg, you're talking to us and we're struggling. That's okay. It's okay to struggle. It's okay to struggle. But I ask you to take your struggle to the Lord. How do we do that? Well, we'll pray together. I love to hear Renee pray for me by name. Pray for each other. God help us. Uh, maybe you're here today and you're a single parent. Listen, pray for your kids. Ask your kids to pray for you. There's something about filling your home with the promises of God. And Psalm 71 is a picture that he's with you he, as a babe in life, a youth, and when you're gray-headed. He's with you when you're on the mountaintop and you're in first place, and he's with you when no one cares about your loss and you're pushed to the side. God doesn't love anybody any less in this room, and he doesn't love anybody anymore. God is love. His nature never changes. His nature never changes. He's with us in every season. The same writer, Solomon, in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, wrote these words. To everything there is a season, a purpose under heaven, 
a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck what's planted, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn, a time to dance, a time to cast away stones, a time to gather stones, a time to embrace, a time to refrain from embracing, a time to gain, a time to lose, a time to keep, a time to throw away. There's a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to keep silent, a time to speak, a time to love, a time to hate, a time of war, and a time of peace. Solomon wrote Ecclesiastes at the end of his life, and he kind of is looking back at it, and he says, I've been chasing the wind all these years. It's all vanity. I've been chasing the wrong thing. So I ask you this morning, what season would you consider yourself in? Maybe you're here and you're a young couple, and you're in that season of keeping up with the Joneses. Look at me, young couples. Lonely place to be. Don't you let the mark be somebody else. Thank, thank the Lord for goodness that happens in other people's lives. Amen? Never celebrate pain in other people's lives. But recognize that God has given you a great privilege to raise your family. Your family. And I want to tell you this morning in this service, in our worship, in our time together, there's an audience of one that matters. It's God. Not what somebody thinks about me. What not, not what somebody thinks about our church. A lot of times people look at our church and say, oh boy, that church in Camden's really got it going on. And I'm thinking, they don't know us at all. Are we not the greatest group of misfits you've ever seen in your life who serve the greatest king of glory that's ever been, the King Jesus? I love that. And what he does is he brings us together as a family for his glory, not to compare our lives with somebody else. So, What's taking place in 71, in the years of Judah, there were times where uh, people were not moving toward God, they were moving away from God. And that sure does sound like the United States of America to me. People say America is a Christian nation. Oh, we're exposed to more Christianity and preaching than any nation. But I'm telling you, folks, we're a far cry from a Christian nation. You see, they were moving and drifting away from God. And the psalmist says, well, I choose to praise the Lord. When I was a baby, in my youth, and now as an old man, an old woman, Lord, give me peace, give me strength, give me the same thing that you did, just like the song we sang, you were faithful then and you will be faithful now. Worship was taking place they were promoting worshiping idols, listen, along with worshiping, worshiping Jehovah. Did you hear what I said? They were looking at worshiping idols along with worshiping Jehovah. In essence, they wanted to make uh, idol worship one of the things in the list that contained worshiping God, the God of the Bible. I'm here to tell you this morning that you can't do both that God is a jealous God. His desire is to be first place in your life. His desire is to be on the throne of your life. And you cannot claim that Jesus is Lord of your life if he's not on the throne. The writer isn't talking about retreating or surrendering. 
or quitting or running away. He's talking about trusting the one who has been faithful and will continue to be faithful even in their old age. Let's continue to read a a few verses here. Verse five, for you are my hope, O Lord. You are my redeemer. You are my trust. You have upheld me. Now, when you think about Psalm 71 being a picture of God being in every season of life, it's gonna take faith, number two. Faith is both present and it's gotta be personal. In the first three verses of this passage, we see it's real. In you, O Lord, I put my trust. Have you placed your faith in Christ as Savior and Lord? I'm not asking you if you go to church. I'm asking you, do you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? You'll say, Brother Greg, I desire to, and one day I will, but there's some things that have to change. Brothers and sisters, you cannot change enough to be saved. If that's your mentality, most likely you never will because the devil won't let that point come. But when you recognize you're in need and that God is true and he's who he said he is and that Jesus died on the cross to pay for your sin and that's the only way sin could be paid for, if you accept Christ by faith, the good news is it can become personal and you can be saved. Why? Because God knows the season you're in. He knows the season you're in. Number three, we need to ask God for help and strength as we face the challenges before us. Now, I want you to mark your Bible here. And I want you to go to the book of Joshua with me. Okay, so just flip back early in the New Test or Old Testament to the book of Joshua. And I want you to go to Joshua chapter 13. Joshua chapter 13. Joshua's taking the reins from Moses. Due to disobedience, God allows the Israelites to wander 40 years in the wilderness. Joshua was a young man when this all began. Verse 1, chapter 13. Now Joshua was old, advanced in years, And the Lord said to him, you're old, advanced in years, listen to this, and there remains very much land yet to be possessed. Okay? Senior adults, look at me. In essence, God is telling Joshua, even though you're older, there's work for you to do. There's work for you to do. I mean, when we wake up in the morning, why is God keeping us around? Why is he keeping me around? Because he wants to accomplish some things through me, through you, that only he can, and you have to be a willing, available vessel for him to do it. So the Bible says, now Joshua is advanced in years. Look at chapter 14, verse 7. He says, I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. You remember the story. 
he and Caleb come back and said, it's a man, it's a land flown with milk and honey. Oh, man, it's exactly what God said it was. And the ten said, oh, we don't have a chance against them. We're like grasshoppers. And would you know that Joshua and Caleb of that generation were the only two that made it to the promised land. The rest died in the wilderness. Verse 7, I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land, and I brought back word to him as it was in my heart. Look at verse 10. And now, behold, the Lord has kept me alive, as he said, these 45 years, ever since the Lord spoke this word to Moses, while Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now here I am this day, 85 years old. As yet I am as strong this day as in the day that Moses sent me, just as my strength was then, so now is my strength for war, both for going out and coming in. And I'm thinking, my goodness, God's doing a work in Joshua's life, and he's given him a supernatural power in the last days of his earthly life. I remember when my dad turned 30. We bought, we gave him, a, I remember he's sitting in the Lazy Boy on Canary Court. We gave him a Zebco reel and a Bible. I, I remember I was so proud as his son to give him that, that fishing rod and give him that Bible. Where has the time gone? Where has the time gone? And for many this morning, you are thinking, Man, what is next? What is next? God, help me not dread when I see daylight, but help me recognize that you've got a work for me to do. Now, let's go back to Psalm 71. That early part of it says, In you, O Lord, I put my trust. Let me never be put to shame. Let me never be put to shame for placing my faith in you and my trust in you. Let me tell you some things that will put you to shame. Cause embarrassment on the kingdom of God. A a damaged testimony. And I want to remind you this morning that a decision you make that only lasts for a few seconds can change your testimony for a lifetime. You'll spend the rest of your life trying to get it back. To gain trust for one bad decision in a life, in a marriage, in a career, in a ministry, You know, they say that one out of every 10 uh, who surrender to ministry, listen to me, young people, one out of every 10 finishes in the ministry. You got to count the cost. The devil doesn't care. He doesn't care one bit if you make a bad decision. He doesn't care one bit if you blow your testimony. He doesn't care one bit if you run around on your spouse. I'm telling you, folks, the devil is in the business of wrecking lives. And the good news this morning is there is a God who loves you more than that, and there's a God who who sees on the inside better than you can see on the outside and who has a better plan than you'll ever come up with yourself. You see, Psalm 46, verse 1 says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. A very present help. Okay, take your Bible. Let's go to the New Testament again. Let's go to Mark chapter 4. Okay? If you're with me so far, say amen. I'm I'm just about done, okay? Mark chapter 4. 
Look at verse 35, Mark 4, 35. On the same day when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. And when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was, and other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so it was filling with water. So picture the Sea of Galilee. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we're perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? A little later in Mark's gospel, in chapter 6, we, we see nearly the same thing. We see nearly the same thing as Jesus says in verse 50, be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. Then he went into the boat to them and the wind ceased and they were greatly amazed. Number four, you ready? God knows where your life is sailing. He, he knows where you're heading. He knows what's in front of us. He knows what this week looks like. Like many of you, this past week I had a physical. And boy, I couldn't wait to see my blood results. Didn't have a good feeling about it. I was feeling a little mortal. Anybody with me? That I'm not going to live forever physically in this world. That things change. And then they came across my app. And I looked at them and I thought, oh, these aren't that good. Renee, they've got me mixed up with somebody else. She said, oh, no. Something's got to change. Something's got to change. Folks, listen to me. God knows right where you're sailing. He knows where you're heading this morning. And if you don't know Christ as your Savior, listen, the first thing you got to deal with is eternity, meaning that when we die, we believe we're all going somewhere. Life's greatest question is, where are you going? And then the most wonderful answer is, the Bible tells us how we can get there through a relationship with Christ. Don't be at the mercy of the culture. Don't be at the mercy of society. Don't be at submission to the master of deception, the devil. Be in submission to the master of the wind, King Jesus. King Jesus. Number five, God wants to be both our foundation and our protection our foundation and our protection. Verse three, be my strong refuge to which I may resort continually. You have given me commandment to save me for you are my rock and my fortress. You know what the Bible says about the man who built on the rock, Matthew seven, he was likened unto a wise man. The storm came and the house stood. The storm came and the house stood. Why? Because of God's faithfulness and the unwavering foundation that we can have in Jesus Christ. Look at verse nine in the same chapter. Do not cast me off in the time of old age. Do not forsake me when my strength fails, when the foundation shakes. Look at verse 16. I will go in the strength of the Lord God. I will make mention of your righteousness. 
and of yours only. You see, when it comes to faith in Christ, when it comes to being a Christian, there's nothing I have to add to it. I don't have anything acceptable. And Jesus died to pay for it all. And lastly, number six, the more intimate you are with the Lord, the firmer your trust will be, Charles Spurgeon. The more intimate you are with the Lord, the firmer your trust will be. How does that take place? Uh, Get into the word of God. Uh, Begin to pray to God, to talk to God. And I think sometimes people say, well, I don't know how to pray. Just talk to God. Just talk to God. There's a story about a, uh, a daughter who had an ailing dad, and she would sit with him day after day and recognize that time was approaching. So they called the church, and the pastor went by, and the pastor knocked on the door and stuck his head in, and he saw a chair sitting there, and he thought, well, they must be expecting you. So he went in, sat down, had a great visit with the man. Um, he assured him of his relationship with Christ, and the pastor dismissed himself. Several hours later, in the same town, in a grocery store, the pastor runs into the daughter. And she said, we haven't called you yet, but dad has passed away. He said, I'm sorry to hear the news and offer the condolences and prayed with her. She said, but the weirdest thing took place. You see, dad always wondered how to pray. And finally, one of his friends said, it's just like having a conversation with Jesus. So dad said, pull, pull me a chair up here and I'm just going to act like Jesus is sitting in the chair. And she said the strangest thing took place. When we found Dad, his head was laid in the seat of that chair. Folks, when God calls, there's only one answer, and it's Jesus. You either know him or you don't. And my prayer is, Maybe you're here and you've already given your life to Christ or maybe you're a kid. He can save you if you, want, if you ask him. Maybe you're here today and you say, Brother Greg, my life has taken so many weird turns. He can save you if you ask him. Or maybe you're here and you're an adult, a, a senior adult, which most statistics say is the hardest age to reach when it comes to salvation. He can save you if you ask him. Well, Brother Greg, I've been going to this church a long time. I've been going to this church a long time. I'm surely not going to let people think that I've been lost all this time. That's exactly what the devil would want you to do. That's the games the devil plays right there, folks. But if you don't know him, let this be a new season. Let this be a new season. Let's all stand, every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here today, and maybe I have spoken to your heart, maybe, maybe the word of God, you needed Psalm 71, and you're in your senior years. Okay, you, you can define that yourself, whatever you think that is. And maybe there is a bit of fear in your life, Would you just be willing to surrender that to God this morning? Just give it to him right where you stand. Say, God, help me. 
Maybe you've been retired a long time or maybe newly retired. And you're in this transition. Can you just give God the unknown? If you're here today and you've never given your life to Christ and there's something burning in your heart that, that you need to, that's the Holy Spirit of God. In a moment, we're gonna sing. And if that's you and it's your desire to be saved, I'm gonna ask you to come to me on the floor. And in just a moment, we're gonna have a prayer and you can settle it once and for all. I'll pray with you right here on the floor. So Lord, whatever you wanna do, would you have your way? Whatever's next in our lives, God, would we keep you first? Would we recognize your place in our life as King of kings and Lord of lords on the throne of our life? Help us to be obedient. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's lift our voices and sing together. If you need to come, I'll be here. Cody will be down here with me, Tim. If you need to come, if you need to come to pray, come on, whatever. But let's lift our voices and sing to the Lord. heads. Boy, I remember the preacher saying this a long time ago. If God's dealing with your heart, this is your verse. We're singing this one for you. If you need to come, you come. Sing that without.
Amen. Debbie and Keith, why don't you come? They've, they've come today. They've been faithful over a number of weeks, and we're grateful for this uh, family. They've come today requesting prayer. So uh, we want to do that on, on behalf of the church. Is that all right? If, if I lead us, is that okay? So if you'd bow your head, if you want to, you can stretch your hand this way. But uh, Lord, I thank you for these two today that have sensed uh, uh, your provision, knowing that you're the answer. So Lord Jesus, whatever's going on, God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would minister to them, touch them right where they're at. Lord, may they uh, replace uh, any fear with praise. And God, I pray that you'd continue to use them, give them peace from your word, help them as they pray together. And Lord, uh, we thank you uh, for what we've heard today, recognizing that you're faithful, the great physician, the calmer of the storm, so we pray for them in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you both. God bless you. Well, it's been a good day. Has it not? Marsha, I feel like we need to sing. Um, an old one. Since I preach to old folks today, I need an old song. Um, no, no. I heard an old victory in Jesus. Okay? Everybody good? All right. Uh, I want to encourage you. Uh, if you don't, listen, if you don't do anything on Wednesday night, let me tell you something. We need you here. Okay? We're in a study on holiness. We start a little early at a quarter till six to pray if anybody would like to come do that. Love to have you be part of that, okay? And uh, hey, didn't the youth bless our hearts today? Let's thank the Lord for our young people, okay? Okay, I'm gonna turn my mic off, otherwise people in Japan are gonna hear me sing. You ready? I I stood 